And I remember mm -hmm. I was on the mound. I'm like watching him run around the base. I'm about to get a new ball. And I kind of feel like the ground's shaking a little bit. Yeah, we're talking about that. People don't realize like the ground really does heart. shake when it gets to a certain noise. It, it was crazy. And I remember looking around like I just gave up a home run. We're down one nothing in the biggest game I've ever pitched in. But I in my head, I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, like, it's cool, yeah. Welcome back to the 2% Podcast. I'm Keanu Finchers. Ro Coleman, Harrison right with me. Yes, sir. And... Seems like we always have special guests. I'm gonna keep saying it because we do have a special guest in the house tonight. This evening, you guys don't know, but anyhow, we got a 2021 draft pick, I believe. Yeah, mm -hmm. 2021 draft pick, second overall pick. At that, we got SEC newcomer of the year, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 2021 SEC yeah. newcomer of the year. Come on now, all the accolades, Golden Spikes finalists. All, all that we got Jack freaking lighter in the crib with us today. Yes, Welcome, sir. my brother. I appreciate yeah, you. How you doing, man? Good. good. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah man. So at the two percent podcast, man, we basically highlighting, you know, the road, the process to get to a Division One sport. You know, across all sports, female and male, only two percent of those high school athletes make it to Division One, and so it's like you don't realize those numbers until until now, honestly. And so we kind of want to speak on the process, your process particularly, um, what you were doing, the kind of work you were putting in, your recruiting process, and what kind of set you apart, you know, from the other 20 teammates that you might have that allows you to play at a prestigious school like Vanderbilt. So just speak on the process and the work you put in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously playing in – college mm -hmm. alone and playing in the SEC and then specifically for me it was playing at Vanderbilt that's a that's a dream that's something mm -hmm. that you know it's a it's a long distance goal when you're just a middle school kid but that was the age I started watching baseball really closely and I I started seeing those guys who'd who'd gone up the ranks through Vanderbilt and it seemed like a really cool place and that's really all I knew about it. And then I had my dad who, who uh, was lucky enough to pitch, pitch in the big leagues for 19, 19 years. And, and uh, he had a lot of experience around that. I had a lot of experience around baseball, but he never pushed me to do anything. It was never, it was never him telling me to do something, but he said, if you want to be good, if you want to go to a place like Vanderbilt that you dream about going to, you got to put in the work. And, and that's a broken record. I think everybody says it comes down to work ethic, but it's really true. Um, nice. I don't think I had a lot of God-given abilities. I know my dad played um, for for a long time, so people would think that. But at my younger years, I wasn't like dominating the mm. field in any sport. It was it was something that I had to work for, and it was a slow process. But um, that's kind of how I ended up here eventually. Yeah, speak a little bit more on. I guess so. You say sophomore, junior year. I guess we had some other guests just talk about the work that they were putting in. You know without having to be told what to do. And I'm sure as a guy like yourself, you kind of took ownership of your own growth. You know, I want to be a Vanderbilt. I want to play beyond Vanderbilt. I got to have certain habits, you know. And so kind of speak on, on that a little bit. Yeah, I think Coach Corbin, he's, he's uh, somebody who talks about that a lot. But my dad is too. It's, it's, uh, it's the small details. Mm. It's the little things. And and it sounds cliche, but it's like that that extra rep that you do, those those do add up. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm going to do 10 push-ups right here, and you're at 7, and it still feels easy. You do 15. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's something like that. It's that mindset that carries into really everything you do, but mm -hmm. especially, you know, in the weight room or if you're working on something mechanically, it's just that extra rep mentality. It really does carry over, and I think that sort of drives a work ethic. And and whether whatever it is motivating you, if it's you know this extra rep's gonna get me get me to Vanderbilt, mm. it's gonna get me that that college offer. It's yeah. whatever you can convince your mind to do to do the extra step. I think, yeah. I think is makes the difference. Yeah, it's monumental. Yeah. Sure. No, but um, before we get to the Vandy side, um, first time I saw you throw throw your freshman, I was like. Why is this dude in college? <laughs> and I'm like, who is who is it then? Like Jack Leiter, Al Lyerson. I was just like, he shouldn't be in college. Like you could clearly see the the ability you had was advanced for your age and just not just being a freshman, but across the board in college. I know you probably had the opportunity to probably pursue professional baseball right out of high school, but what pushed you more to go to Vandy? 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's like I said with Vanderbilt, it was a dream of mine from, from day one. And uh, academics are a really important part to, to my family, what they preach. And it was always use baseball to get you into a school that you couldn't get into mm -hmm. if you weren't an athlete. Mm -hmm. And that narrows it down as it is. There's not a lot mm -hmm. of SEC schools with, you know, super, super high class in terms of um, economic, or I mean, uh, Acad academics. Yeah. Um, so Vanderbilt was a quick one that came to mind. I looked at, I looked at a school like North Carolina and Duke and Notre Dame, but mm -hmm. Vanderbilt was a dream. And, and uh, in terms of committing there, I was looking at some of those schools that are really, really smart and not quite on the SEC level. Mm -hmm as maybe I go there freshman year. And this was still at the time where my sophomore year of high school, there were kids way bigger, way stronger, throwing way harder. And those were the kids committing to Vanderbilt. And, and I wasn't quite there yet. I was, I was a little bit behind. I, I just hit my growth spurt. I was kind of figuring some things out. Um, and it was, do I go to one of those lesser schools that I might not want to go to as much and maybe pitch right away freshman year? Or do I go to a school like Vanderbilt, wait my turn, and you know maybe a couple years in is when I when I get my opportunities, but but just work hard, and that was the mindset I had when I first committed to Vanderbilt. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about you know being the guy from day one, whatever it was. It was just it was kind of kind of waiting my turn. But then senior year came along, and I I made a little jump, and and I had a good really good uh, summer going into senior year, and that's when the draft talks kind of started. But truly, I never really looked at the draft as, as an option. I went to high school with uh, Anthony Volpe. He's the Yankees' top prospect mm -hmm. now. So he was my shortstop, which I was awesome to have because we kind of went through that process together. And he was also committed to Vanderbilt. And same story. He, his family really preached academics. And, and uh, the whole time in the summer circuit, like those All-American games, Under Armour, whatever it was in the summer, me and, me and uh, Volpe, we'd be the ones saying, no, we're going to college, we're going to college. And all these other kids are talking about what they're going to be doing with their signing bonuses next year, all that. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to go to college. We wanted to go to Vanderbilt. We wanted to make it to Nashville. And we wanted to make it to Omaha. And that just seemed like a step along the way to pro ball. And uh, that's kind of what ended up making the difference for me. Anthony ended up getting, you know, a first round offer to the New York Yankees, who, the team he grew up loving yeah. and mm -hmm. dreamed about, you know, being the next Derek Jeter in pinstripes. So, so that's obviously a really cool option for him too. And it was still a tough decision because he did want to come to Vanderbilt and, and we kind of ended up going those separate ways, but I was really happy to make it to campus. No, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I was fortunate enough. I, my last year was with you and um that COVID year is a really weird year and but for me what I took from it was just like the minute I saw you step on campus it was kind of like you're just an older soul so I kind of want to know did you have like a a wake up like oh yeah like college moment where it's like oh crap like yeah I'm I'm in college like this is or like on the field off the field like what do you what was that moment that you had for both situations where you're like okay yeah like I'm here now. Like this is this is college baseball. Yeah, so we we had a cool little opportunity my freshman year. I think you were on campus too that summer, but it was like eight of us in that freshman class. We all came to Nashville mm -hmm. and took a class. Yeah. And we worked with Hammer, the strength coach at the time and um that was sort of the adjustment period to the routine yeah. leading up to fall ball because we had we had the uh we had the whole summer to be in Nashville, be on campus. And, and that was amazing, in my opinion, because we sort of, you know, got our bearings. It's obviously overwhelming. You're in a new city. You're in a, a school that you've never been to before, really, other than visiting. So I think that was sort of the moment where I started transitioning into, like, all right, I'm here. <coughs> Kamar was there, and yeah. I'd watched him you know, six months earlier, throw a no hitter against Duke in the, in the regional and strike out 19 guys. So to me, I had only seen him on TV and once on my official visit. And, and he seemed like a guy like, like, wow, that guy, that guy's like, he's famous now. Yeah. And, and I get on campus and I'm there this summer and we're kind of hanging out with him. And that's like, it's like anything else. Those, those people that, that seem like, you know, they're like, they're yeah. like next level, yeah. you know, he's, He's and a cool guy. Out with him and you stuff. hang out with yeah. them, and they're all normal people. Everybody's just a normal person, and and that was sort of the moment. Like, okay, we can, we can all fit in here. And I think yeah. we did that together as a freshman class that summer, which was cool. Got you. Did you have a on the field type of experience in terms of a like welcome, like 
I'm at Bandy type of thing. Like me personally, I mean, it was my freshman year, first actual training session, and we're in, started, well, usually in shorts and a shirt, and then we go in the pants and stuff on the official day. And like our first day on, on the field BP, and I'm watching these guys. It was Brian Reynolds my freshman year. He was a junior. We had Toffee, Rowe, um, Callis, all, all these guys, Jaron Kendall, and I'm watching the BP. And like in the last round, I'm watching these guys on command hit the ball out the park to the street. <laughs> and me, I'm looking like, dang, like on command, like just whenever you wanted to. So that for me, that was like my mom, like, dang, these, these guys kind of different, you know, like they can do it when they want to do it, you know? And so like, did you have an experience like that was like, oh, like this is Vanderbilt, I'm here, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those, uh, those fall scrimmages are mm. super, super competitive. 100%. And the skin scrimmages that we do where every inning's like the ninth inning and, you know, there's mm. walk-offs every inning. It's, it's something that's it's different, but I think it, it sort of builds the competitiveness and yeah. kind of prepares you for the SEC level of competitiveness. But I did have one where um, I think I gave up like, you know, seven runs in like mm. two innings. I was giving up like home run here, double here, home run here, home yeah. run here. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I could do this. And, and I'm walking off the mound, and, and Brownie, the pitching coach, he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, uh, like, they had every pitch that you could throw because you were tipping the glove, you know, you, you were squeezing oh, it on your I fastball. I remember this. Yeah, you were squeezing it on your fastball. You were, you were flaring it open on your off-speed pitches, and Mason Hickman in the other dugout, he got it from, like, the first pitch. And he was like, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Yeah. And that was, that was sort of my moment. Like, yeah. It was funny. Um, you can't be that doing that. That's real. We also talked about, um, that might, this might have been yours, but that moment where you go back to your room or you leave the locker room and you just kind of like, damn, like, is, is this for me? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. there's like one of those moments. I think mine was like more, you know, on the field too, but more of, we was doing like morning workouts in my freshman year waking up at 5, be there at 5.30, in the dugout. And so like when you wake up, I'm just like, I'm not trying to walk all the way down there, dog. <laughs> like, you question, like, dang, do I really want to do this? But once yeah. you get there, it all goes away, you know. But uh, so did you have a moment like that where you actually contemplated, like, shit, or I, I called my dad, like one of those type of moments? Yeah, I think there's moments like that, but... Um it, it all comes back to the culture that Corbs develops at Vanderbilt. It's like everybody's buying into everybody. Yeah. And that's that's sort of where you find the comfort, I think, is, you know, I, I had a really good roommate freshman year, Thomas Schultz, and we would always bounce ideas <coughs> off each other. And then sophomore year, I had Sam Laboki. So we had, I think, having a good roommate and having mm -hmm. some good, having a good group of guys that's not just the whole locker room because everybody's you know, a good guy in their own yeah. way, but finding your, finding your few guys at times when you need it is important because especially freshman year, living mm. on commons, yeah. um, secluded. And then yeah. walking. I remember those mornings walking like Omaha challenge, just dreading what we were about <laughs> to do. Having no idea what it was going to be. <laughs> it's like 30 degrees. We're yeah. like walking there. It's a 15 minute walk and you're barely awake. And Think yeah. about the worst. <laughs> it's, it's tough. My it's stomach tough. was down here. My first time I, I, I was nervous. Eat, bro. I, didn't I, was, I didn't eat, didn't drink anything. I was like, but I don't know what I'm about to do. About yeah. Nah, good stuff, man. See, you got that hoodie on, Nolan Ryan on. Mm -hmm. And when somebody watches you pitch, like you tell that confidence, you have that confidence about you, but you're not boastful about anything. Mm -hmm. But where would you say that dog and that confidence came from? I mean, I think it came from, like I said earlier, just being the being the little guy that wasn't wasn't always the Vanderbilt commit. I wasn't I wasn't getting looks in eighth yeah. grade because that's not that's not what I was. I, I played second base and I always I always go back to this, but I did. I played second base and I hit ninth on all my travel teams and and I was the little guy that the outfielders would come in for when I was hitting and, and I would try to hit it over their heads and and that was sort of where the uh, the chip on my shoulder developed and then um, going into sophomore year or going into junior year the whole like USA tryouts, all that. I, I was just, I barely got invited. I had my high school teammate, Anthony Volpe. He was, he was, you know, all America, all everything. And there were guys that would come and watch him and I would have a good outing here. And then I would, I would get invited and um, I wasn't expecting anything from it, but I would just kind of put my head down. And I think, I think that, that sort of developed the, uh, the quiet confidence. 
So you wasn't a twelve year All American. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I'm let's, far from it. People. Let's <laughs> let's speak on that for a little bit. You know, we was talking to Enrique about it. You know, just how when we were playing in high school, social media wasn't like that. But like, especially around you, Enrique, like the lower um, younger guys, social media and baseball now is like huge. And like the kids wearing the shades and the you gotta walk around with the, with the PG on your head and they got nine U. All American games now, and so kind of just just speak on the social media aspect, good, bad, the pros and cons of it. You know your thoughts on social media in today's time when it comes to recruiting and offers and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I think that's that's tough to to really make a call on because I don't know. I think social media in general is has a lot of negatives. I think mm-hmm. just like for off the field for everything. Like I think mental health for, for people, a lot of people struggle with that. So I honestly think in a lot of ways, a lot of people would be better off just with no social media. It's a lot, it's a lot more simple. That being said, I do, I do partake in social media. I have an Instagram, I have Mm -hmm. Twitter, I have all that stuff, but, um, I try to, I try to take steps away from it. And I, I see all that, like the, mm-hmm. the nine U stuff and kids posting their, you know, highlight videos at 11 U baseball. And <laughs> right. it's, it's a, uh, it's a little much, but I mean, everyone's different. So if it works for you, that's, that's awesome. But I wouldn't do that. Yeah, y'all, y'all got the clean answer, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the filter answer, but good, good, good stuff, man. Now I want to talk a little bit more. You touched on the confidence part. Um, when you step on the mound, and everything, I want to. I want you to kind of preach about routine. You know, we had one of the Sheffield brothers on. He really talked about routine, how important that is. Enrique talked about having his routine, going ups and downs, but always sticking to your routine. And so, speak on that. Your own personal routine. You don't gotta get too detailed about it. But just how important it is to you, up, down, good, bad. You know, how consistency, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think from an off-season standpoint, it's doing everything you can to keep it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's like the small, the small focus. And in-season, it's whatever you can do, even smaller focus, one pitch at a time. Mm-hmm. And that's always been what my dad said. He had this thing that he had me memorize when I was 12 years old. And it was, it was something he got from a, a mental performance guy who's unfortunately passed since, since then. Revisit? Revisit. No, it was nah. uh, it was Harvey Dorfman. He wrote okay. he wrote some good books about the mental side of baseball. But um, my dad, you know, he had a shoulder surgery and a knee surgery, and he thought he was done with baseball at 26, 27 years old. And and he went out with with Harvey to to Prescott, Arizona, and they they spent a weekend together and just like reprogramming his mind. And he came back from that injury and ended up playing another, you know, 12, 12 13 years after that. So he he attributes all that success to to Harvey and the work they did. But he gave me the whole mantra when I was 12 years old of. You just have to do everything you can to be mentally and physically prepared to execute a quality pitch consecutively mm. until the game's over or the manager takes the ball from you without la- allowing distractions to affect you. And uh, that's kind of what I've done is just mm. like do everything I can to be mentally and physically prepared. So if that's, you know, working with a mental performance coach or um, getting in the small little arm care workouts mm. that you got to do that you know, might not be, you know, sexy or pretty where you're you're lifting all the weight, but it's, it's doing what you need to do. And routine is everything. So I think without a routine, there's, there's not much left, especially for a pitcher. If you have a bad game, do you switch up your routine? No, no. I think there's, I think there's something to be said for if you're struggling, you know, throughout a year and there's something, something clear like this year this year I struggled in my first innings my first innings I gave up a lot of runs so since the season's ended I've looked back and it's you know what am I doing in my pregame warm-up am I over preparing am I under preparing specifically like my body to be ready to go from pitch one and that's something that's real like I think Mm -hmm. there's there's things to be added and things to be taken away but but there's a base level of a routine that that should never be it should never be messed with I need to highlight what he just said in terms of it needs to be very obvious on like he said throughout the season and struggled the first inning so it's not like you had one bad game mm-hmm. or now I'm spinning and I gotta go change no, yeah. jump and ship quick yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think you should be super stubborn in some ways either I think especially when you get to a place like Vanderbilt everyone's got their high school routines yeah, but yeah. but I'll tell you my high school routine 
was good because mm -hmm. I, I did have a really strong influence in my dad, but some people don't. So some people don't have the best routines. They're just, you know, the athletic guy that, that comes in and he's got his routine, but it's, it's nothing yeah. crazy. It changes a lot until, until like the big leagues. And then once you're there, you really mm -hmm. know your body and you know everything. But when I got to Vanderbilt, I was looking at other guys' routines and I would, I would pick and choose what I liked and I would add it into mine. And I think mm -hmm. that's how I helped develop what I think is a really good routine is, you know, getting ideas from other people that I played with. We could go back a little bit back to like the COVID year and um, just explain that. Talk about that COVID year and then even your next year going into that. Because you I don't think a lot of people know you. I want to say you had what, three, three starts that COVID year. Didn't face any SEC play. I want to say it was South Alabama. There's somebody else. And then you USC. And then the next year you get in and you finally get that first year of SEC play, but this is now your second year in school. So like, what was that like? Kind of talk on that a little bit. Yeah, I think the COVID year, I think if you, you know, obviously some people didn't have, you know, places they could go to work out and stuff mm -hmm. like that with all the restrictions and that's, that's tough to come by. But Assuming you did have that, I think you were able to use that year as a blessing in disguise. And that's sort of what I tried to do. I took a month off throwing after that. And you know, I really, yeah, I think I made four starts that year. Um, but I took a month off throwing and just, you know, blasted the lower body in the weight room and um, worked on what I needed to work on in terms of body stuff. And then I got right to it in that summer and I was facing some some pro guys and some college hitters that are up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And we were at my high school field and it got super competitive. And we, we had, we were lucky enough to have Rapsodo and, and Trackman. And I was using all that stuff to just continue to re refine my stuff. And um, I think that summer really helped me in terms of like my compete level and where I was at on a physical level mm -hmm. um, for what ended up being my last year, the, yeah. the following year at Vanderbilt. And so a lot of people don't know that following year, you went on a stretch where if it was, what, three games, it was a no-hitter against South Carolina. Missouri, you took a no-hitter. Was it a no-hitter or a perfect game? No-hitter to no -hitter. Into, like, the eighth yeah. inning. And then who was after that? There was another game, I want to say. And I it think was, it went, like, another four innings. So it was the first part of the LSU start the next week. So, mm -hmm. like, what was – what was it mentally for you? What was it like going through that stretch where you're not, you don't want to get too high, but you also, what you're doing is some something Different. that's very crazy that not a lot of people do. We're talking about what, almost like 18, 20 some innings of just dominancy. So like, what is it like trying to balance that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was in a really good place at the time of just like, doing it for the team mm -hmm. and we had Kumar pitching on Fridays and he was doing his thing and it was special to watch and I would get to witness that on Fridays and the no-hitter was the first first SEC game that I'd ever witnessed it was it right after Kumar he struck out 14 guys on on Friday Shit. sorry about it I think he went I think he went eight innings 14 strikeouts this, uh, South Carolina South, South Carolina, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. and we won that one on Friday like 2-1 and then Saturday, I was just, I mean, I was hyped up. It was my first SEC outing. I felt pretty good about where things were at, but there were a lot of things that I wasn't happy about in my starts leading up to that. And even that game, it took, you know, three innings in, I was like, I don't have a, I don't have a breaking ball today. And yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, but they're not hitting the fastball. So I, there was one time, I think in the third, I shook off Brownie. And I never really shook off Brownie because I thought he called a really good game. I shook him off and struck the guy out on another fastball. And I walked in and I was like, let's just yeah. keep throwing it until they, they show they're going to hit it, the mm -hmm. fastball. And that's sort of what we did. And I tried to find my breaking ball all day, but it ended up being all fastballs, every strikeout. So um, that was a... That was a special day, and and then the week after was was kind of just riding riding the hot streak, and and uh, really just <laughs> doing everything I do. Like we talked about mm -hmm. the routine, everything I do, I try to do the same, and, and I try to do that all year. Yeah, what really sus about that is uh, it's just the fans at the time weren't even in in the stands like that because of yeah. the COVID protocols, kind of you know, kind of still in place. Like yeah. It, it, that needed to be blown. It wasn't like the same. It couldn't be appreciated as much yeah. as it should have been. You know, like 
to have a full crowd and you do that, you know, yeah, that's you like know. Kumar. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. In a moment yeah, like that, that I mean, like awesome. while we on that subject, like kind of, I mean, you mentioned taking bits and pieces from people, older guys, you know, kind of talk about, you know, not too much getting to your relationship with Kumar. Everybody's done that, but like. What kind of things have you, you, you witnessed and you can, okay, I can adapt that to what I already have, you know, from Kumar or anybody else like on, on the squad? Well, I think him specifically, just his routine and the mm. way he carries himself, it's, it's a professional, it's yes. a professional uh, vibe, I guess. And yeah. I knew that from the day I stepped on campus. So he's a good guy to just, you know, follow mm. around. And, mm. and that's sort of what I did. I, I tried to be the, the quieter freshman and just, see how the older guys were doing things and and it was special in the way he gets in and competes but then away from the field he's just a a laid-back yeah, yeah. cool guy mm-hmm. um i think that's that's pretty uh pretty admirable and i think having him on the staff both years i was there uh really helped me because mm-hmm. like i said watching him on friday and something like that he struck out 14 guys and went eight innings and we won two one and kind of he kind of put the team on his back on Friday and, yeah. and that's special and, and watching him compete it's like it drills it into your mind like yeah I, I can do that mm-hmm. too but you gotta you gotta you gotta get in the mindset yeah. of, of competing so I would say that's that's the number one word with him is is competitive mm-hmm. and and that's how I got it I think no nah, that's real talk about um going to the college world series and what that experience was like Mm-hmm. Like like paint a whole picture. So the people who don't play, or the people who, you know who have played, like kind of paint a picture for them on like what it's like. You know, like the plane, the hotel, the bus ride, the like, glamours of it. The, the suit, getting the, your suit ready, suit, like yeah. the whole the whole nine. Cause it, it's an experience, man. That you can you'll never forget. You remember everything: the vendors, the free stuff that you don't get, the autographs, the pictures. And looking out and seeing all the like, yeah, that's what people don't get. It, that stadium's so big, and you just start looking around, and you're like, whoa, there's yeah. actually a lot of people mm-hmm. here right now. It's even special. before, even just going through the year, did you even think? I mean, obviously, you expect to go to Omaha, but did you see that team going to Omaha? I did. Yes, I thought we had a. I thought we had a really special team. But again, I I didn't have experience. I had, it was my first year pitching in the SEC, so I knew we would we would get hot, then we would lose a, we, whatever. When we lost a weekend series, you know, we thought the world was ending. We, we <laughs> yeah, still we, the yeah. same. Nothing <laughs> changes. Yeah. Nothing. So uh, throughout the season, it, it it fluctuates, I guess. But uh, it's sort of like anybody's big goals um like everybody whatever you want to be a big league baseball player like yeah that's that's out in the distance but for right now what can I do to get better and that's the mindset we took all year it wasn't like uh we're going to Omaha and Corbs is good about that too he's like that's special going to Omaha but you can create a special team and you know the ball doesn't go your way and that's Mm. that's the way it ends so it's not something that's like we're going to Omaha it's like what are we doing today to get better and win the weekend series this weekend and uh, I think that was that was kind of how we approached that. But but Omaha's a special place. I think there's some things in baseball between when you're little, Cooperstown, and um, maybe in high school you get to play in a state championship, or mm-hmm. one one summer you get to play on a big league field. There's there's some special things that you can check off um, as you go. But but Omaha's definitely up there for for coolest things I ever did. And uh, pitching in that pitching in that environment is special. Mm-hmm. And I know. Y'all played Michigan in 19, and they were talking about how it's sort of like it was more neutral, the crowd. Yeah, it was very neutral. That yeah. Year. And playing uh, Mississippi State. Complete opposite. When we found out that Mississippi State was playing, we were like, all right, boys, it could be, could be a little bit of an away game here. And there were Twitter videos of them loading up buses of people in Starkville, Mississippi when they, when they made lit. it to the final. That's crazy. So, so I had game one of the final. I had already pitched the week before against NC State, and we lost one nothing. But we ended up making it to the final. A little controversial with all the COVID stuff, but mm-hmm. um, but we were there, and it was game one, and we knew what we were going to be doing, and we knew what the crowd was going to be like, and I get out there, top of the first inning, I think it was two quick outs, and then their three-hitter hits a home run, and I remember, mm-hmm. I was on the mound, 
I'm like watching him run around the base. I'm about to get a new ball, and I kind of feel like the ground's shaking a little bit. Yeah, hey, we're talking about that. People don't realize like the ground really does dog. shake when it gets to a certain noise level. It was Mississippi State you was talking about. When yeah, the, you know, that was when I went to Mississippi State, but yeah. I mean, Omaha had the ground shaking the whole yeah, all the time. It was it was crazy, and I remember looking around like I just gave up a home run. We're down one nothing in the biggest game I've ever pitched in. But I, in my head, I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, like, it's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the, the bottom of the first, we put up like eight runs, and I kind of could cruise from there because mm-hmm. pitching with a seven-run lead is, is pretty fun. But that was awesome. Did y'all have body armor there as, as well? Yeah, I y'all think did? we did. We did. Okay, I'm going to say, we was there. It was like straight body armor. Shut up. Refrigerators full of body armor. We were taking hey, tea in bags, taking it back to the bags, hotel. Back to the crib. The fridge was full in the crib <laughs> with yeah. just straight body armor. Crazy, crazy, yeah. man. We, I mean, we did yeah. love us some body armor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> bro. And they, had, and they had flavors that I ain't seen in the store. They had that, that pineapple coconut joint that I ain't seen. But uh, I thought they had like a masseuse on the first day. I think yeah, you, no, you can get, you get like massage. Yeah, you get I mean, they was getting free massages on the first day. Like people, like we had like your, like your first practice mm-hmm. on, on the field. You come in, hey, you want a massage? I'm like, I ain't oh, need nothing. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm just going to get you know get my massage. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You kept like time slots. When and everything. we went there, body armor was just starting to get hot. I can't remember though. Okay. I can't remember vividly if it was there though. Yeah. So what was what was the suit? What you pull up in for for Omaha? Because I know I'm sure Corbs gave y'all the whole tutorial, how to fold it and everything, and like pack it in your bags. Like, what, what was all that like? Yeah. I mean, the travel that was awesome at Vanderbilt too. Is as we traveled, you know, nice. We're chartering well, flights. Well, say yeah. it. We, we, it's exclusive. It's, right. it's special, and yeah. and I don't really think you even realize that when you commit to Vanderbilt because. Facts. I mean, minor league teams, AAA teams aren't traveling what? like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Them buses is not. No AC. Nobody's traveling like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's special. And um, we got fitted for our jackets mm-hmm. our freshman year. And, and that's a that's a cool day. And everybody, you know, everybody likes to, to mm-hmm. look good. So what color did you put on the inside of yours? I got like, or I originally got this like floral pattern. I wanted it. I wanted it pretty bad, but uh-huh. they were out of that one. So I ended up going with like a solid green. I think. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say speaking of like travel, so I remember, maybe my sophomore year, we we took a bus. It was black and gold, and we taking a bus. Yes. To the Omni Hotel. <laughs> so like we 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 treated it like an away game. Mm-hmm. So we all stayed in the Omni Hotel, even though we stayed on campus. So we loaded the bus up. We stayed there for three days. And so he wanted us to like basically get the feeling of coming down for breakfast, having a morning meeting, Mm -hmm. getting on the bus, getting off the bus, like the whole spiel. So it was like, I say that to say it was like first class, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like all the way, you know, that's just, that's just Vanderbilt though. That's not everywhere at all. Yeah. You, um, cause at the SEC tournament, you get to, you know, the top eight teams stay in that one big hotel, mm-hmm. and you got the mall on the inside. The other two teams stay. I don't know, but <laughs> did you get a chance to like you know interact with the other ball players from other teams and like sit down with them either in the game room and stuff or at the calf? I mean, we we talked to them and their experiences at their universities. Nowhere near our experiences. Yeah, they be making fun of us at, at, at Vandy, yeah. you know. So you get a chance to, like chop it up with them at all? Yeah, and then. You get into pro ball and you're with a guy who went to you know, okay, Mississippi yeah. State, a guy who went to Tennessee, and everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I firmly believe that Vandy's is, is special in another way. And, and uh, I mean, almost to a fault at some point. It's, it's like, I talked to some people about this. It's so special at Vanderbilt that you get into pro ball and it's like, like what is this? Nah, really. like, what is like, this, bro? You like, bad? It's like, <laughs> but like, I don't, don't even understand. I, mean, I remember talking to Cores, man. I, I, when I was, I did my one year in Nevada, and he reached out. We were talking for a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know if I got spoiled at Vandy or we just did things so first class, and I'm just so used to mm. a certain level of excellence throughout the whole program, from top to bottom, to the weight room, yeah. to the training yeah. staff, mm-hmm. to how we eat. Everything travel. I'm like, did, did like, is this sport? Like, do we get sport or is this like, it's not like this? You know, like, man, like, it's not like this everywhere, man. Like, you really gotta take, enjoy it, cause these probably saying pro ball, nowhere near the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt experience at all. It's like you going from up here 
you going back down here, you know? And so it's like, you got to adjust. It's true. Yeah. And I think in ways it, it actually like hurts you at first because, because then there's these guys coming from really small schools that didn't have anything Vandy has Mm -hmm. and they get into pro ball and they're like, this is, this is cool. This is special. I don't even know (laughs) what I've experienced (laughs) in four years, you know, but shoot, while we on the subject of just, um, let's talk about, Best stadium, you know, to play in, in terms of like fans, you know, kind of as pitchers, you guys have that bullpen. Some stadiums have the, the fans right on top of you. And Ole some, Miss, yeah. Some of them, they, they talking trash. Like, mm. do you embrace, like, me personally, I love the shit talking from the fans. Like, it's part of the experience. Like, if I go to a stadium, they ain't talking, like, it's whack, you know, mm, so. It's not fun. Yeah, you got uh, something like that. I mean, all, all of the, yeah, all, all the of stadiums. <laughs> I, I really liked them. Um, I mean, y'all got to play in a lot, lot cooler places, a lot more cool places than mm-hmm. I did because I only had one year of, yeah, of SEC that's baseball. True. That's true. So wait, wait, I guess we should start off. What places did you play in? So I was at LSU, which was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's dope. Uh, Ole Miss, which was awesome. We played, at, yeah. we played at Tennessee, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was better for them because they were Tennessee was good against them. Yeah, yeah. I heard Tennessee wasn't they crazy. Was trash. Fun. It would never, trash. Be, it was never like the way trash. y'all talk about Tennessee. We never, we never got that experience because when we go to play Tennessee, it's like, oh, we just, yeah. it's like, little bro, we're we're supposed to beat them. No, like, Tennessee you know? was Tennessee was crazy. We were we were pulling up in the bus a couple hours, whatever, how many, however many hours early two, you get, two and a half, two, 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 yeah. Two. And there's people they hadn't opened the gates yet, and there's people lined out down the street just waiting. <laughs> to get into the building and it's like it's way before game time now and we're like okay this is gonna yeah, be it's cool. real yeah it's gonna be cool kumar shoved again on friday mm-hmm. and bounce back weekend for him because yeah. he played georgia and so yeah, i yeah, knew because yeah. he got his shit lit up at, but he did but he still had 14 k's against yeah. georgia <laughs> he was guys would kind of touch him a little bit but he still had he was averaging over 10 k's against yeah. teams. And it's like bro y'all talking he's Striking all out ten times saying, like, a game, like bounce that weekend for him. He go to Tennessee, and I'm watching that game. They talking like the crazies on the side, mm-hmm. going you know going nuts, yeah. you know, and and he's talking too. Like I'm watching on the screen, he's talking back, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like I'm here, you yeah. know, I'm getting lit, and so I know once he beat them, I knew the second day was gonna be crazy because. Everybody wants y'all. Like he's like it's a yeah. two horses, you know. Okay, we, can, we couldn't get the first guy, we gonna get the second guy. So like, just talk about that's just the atmosphere, you know. No, it was it was special, and they had this like I don't know if it's like the frat guys or whatever it is, but they're right behind first base now, mm-hmm. and there's a group of like it's not that big of a group. It's probably thirty guys, but they're crazy, and yeah. they they have this Twitter account, and they'd be like tweeting at me like. After the Friday night game, like we're gonna make Jack Lighter cry tomorrow. Like, <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, I knew it was gonna be, I knew it was gonna be crazy, and, and it was. And I gave up, I gave up three solo homers that game, mm. and two to the same guy. And I remember one of them, one of them, one of them hurt a little bit yeah. because those dudes are chanting overrated. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, and yeah. I throw one, and that pitch home run. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that was that, that one hurt. That yeah. one hurt, and we ended up losing that one in like the ninth. Um, and that one, yeah, that one didn't that one didn't feel great. Mm. But uh, mm. it was a good environment. And then I'm pretty sure we came back and we won a crazy one on Sunday. Enrique stole like five bases. And yeah, he was talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I think I think he tagged up on a on a pop up to the second baseman and scored. I think that was that game. So mm. he does some cool stuff always too. So um, that was yeah. that was fun and. And uh, that was just one of the special places in the SEC. I wish I got to play at Arkansas, Mississippi oh, State, yeah. Texas A&M. Well, you, you got some good places, man. In terms of like, well, Tennessee now, and you have to you have to go to LSU, yeah. Ole Miss, you know. But Mississippi State, Arkansas for me, I told them like that was my by far my favorite place to play. Like, that looks cool. Deep, giving you food after the game. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. pregame BP, they're talking to you. But, like, yeah, the, the pig, Suey, you got the dancers on top of the, Bro, they the actually, dugout, they the actually girls. They have a hog out there. I ain't know that. They have a caged hog out there in front. I remember my mom told me, she's like, I pulled up, and there's a pig in a cage, like a real hog out there. I'm like, bro, what? The I didn't know that either. A real hog. That's crazy. But yeah. what about, did you, did you throw in the SEC tournament that year? Yeah, I pitched against... Who'd you throw against? I pitched against Ole Miss. We didn't have a good year that year in the SEC tournament. Um, I think we lost in like three games. We lost the game I threw, and that was... 
that was a that was a tough environment after that like the uh the bus ride home it was dead silent of we course. were the spirits oh, not talk. <laughs> the spirits were spirits were low and then uh i think we lost friday to arkansas and we were done and we were out and we had to look ahead to the postseason, but mm-hmm. but uh, that was tough to that was a tough uh, bullet to bite. But I think everybody was yeah. everybody got past that, and obviously we ended up in Omaha, so it was special. In a time like that, you know, we do have a loss, and mostly everybody has feel, you know, not to you know dick around on the bus or in the locker room. Like, course, course we'll talk to you, you know, trying to get you back on track, but. In terms of the locker room and maybe the leaders on the team, after a loss, like how do you guys kind of corral, like get the spirits back up, or or what, what, what was the culture like, you know, in that locker room, um, like post loss, like to get back on track? Yeah, okay. I think I think it, ha- it has to start with somebody or some people taking mm-hmm. some kind of accountability, and uh, I was fine with that being me, so. After we got back to the hotel, I kind of sent in the, in the team group chat. I was just like, I typed up this message and I was like, yeah, this is, this, this one might work. It was just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, today's on me. Like mm-hmm. I got to be better and I will be better. But in general, we got to play looser. Like mm-hmm. it, it felt like everybody was tight. Yeah. Everybody was tight. And we kind of had to, to get back to where we were at the, at the earlier times in the year when everybody was feeling good. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got the, you got the midweeks and a lot of guys build their confidence <laughs> yeah. in those and, <laughs> and they're going into the weekend feeling good. And now it's, now it's good team, yeah. good team, good team. Everybody's, everybody's Thanks. good yeah. in the postseason. So, um, we had to find a way to play loose and, and I think it started with everybody kind of taking accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you, go ahead. did you make your, um, make the transition into pro ball kind of talk about you talk about the differences between the Vanderbilt and the pro ball experience and talk about on the field the adversity that you have gone through and how do you bounce back from that yeah I mean there was a lot of it this year it was a it was a long year and uh it's one that I look back on and there's there's little things that I'm excited to change going into next year and that's that's the beauty of it is you you keep working and that's what makes it fun is is that's how you get better but uh um i think on the field adversity it's it's different than the sec because it's easy to just kind of coast sometimes Mm -hmm. in in pro ball you're in these you're in these small minor league towns and and uh it doesn't really feel like the fans are bought in at most of them it's rarely a packed house and uh that's not the SEC. The SEC is all about how are we going to win this weekend? Once you win the weekend, how are we going to sweep? And that's that's everything. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants you to do well. Everybody's got the same goal. In minor league baseball, everybody's goal isn't necessarily to win. It's yeah. mm-hmm. it's how do I get up to the next yeah. level? Mm-hmm. So so that's different. You kind of have to rally around whoever whoever your support support group is, and that could be you know family, friends, the couple teammates that you get really close with, and you know they want the best for you, um, because that's not always the clearest thing. And in, in something with that nature of you know I just want to move up. I don't really care about some of these guys. That's that's the way some people are. But uh, um, I think that's important is to find find those few people to rely on and. And hopefully you got a team that's that's pretty special, and everybody everybody does care about each other and and winning. But uh, yeah, it's not always the case in pro ball, from from what I've heard and seen. No, for sure, that's real. Um, let's talk a little bit on you did already about your mindset and how you approach you know next pitch, next pitch, execute this pitch, you know consistently. Um, I guess I, I want to get out of you because it's it's no way that you was talking to Sheffield yesterday and just talking about ultra confidence and swagger. And sometimes you, you gotta feel yourself to be, like you have to feel yourself to be great. I'm sorry, like you can be humble, of course, but also you gotta have a certain something about you to compete, number one, in the SEC, and to excel, number two. And so like, Really, like, take us through, like, how you actually feel in terms of, like, like your mindset. Like, I call you, like, a silent assassin, you know. Mm-hmm. Kumar is more vocal, energetic, you know. He going to let you know. He going to talk to you. You, you know, fist pump here. But everybody knows that you, you feel the same way about yourself, you know. So, like, kind of touch on that a little bit. 
Yeah, to me, I've just I've always thought that's cool. Like I I have I've looked mm-hmm. at the guys who who uh, I think both are cool in their different yeah. ways. But I looked at the guys who you know he hits a 500 foot home run and he just he drops his bat and he runs. I think that's yeah, cool. That I cool, do yeah. I do. It might be old school, but I'm okay with the bat flips and the mm-hmm. the yelling at the other dugout and stuff. But I've always just I've gone the other way, like big strikeout, raw mm-hmm. emotion, and then yeah. then walk back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I. I am definitely, I would, I would describe myself as sort of a quietly confident person because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be shouting at the other team, but, but it's definitely there and it's, it never goes away. And, uh, if it does, there's, there's ways to get it back. I think mm-hmm. my dad said, I think he got it from A-Rod, A-Rod, A-Rod would look at, he called it like his dig me tape and he would, he would look at just videos of him hitting homers mm, yeah feel yourself <laughs> 30 minutes before the game he's, he's looking at videos of him hitting his longest home runs and mm-hmm. and that's what he would do and so for me it's just whether it's putting together a video with some music you like behind it but but something of just success and strikeouts and your best games and then you kind of go back there you're like what was i thinking in those games like mm. not a lot but it's confident thoughts so um yeah. i think there's ways to get back to it yeah, I guess to kind of go back a little bit, um, we've all kind of been in those like unruly environments. And so like, how did you, and I guess you and the team, we've all been there in the Ole Misses, the Tennessees, the Mississippi States. And so how do you guys kind of stay composed and like stay in your game and not let them get you out of your game? I think in crazy moments like that, it goes back to your training and at Vanderbilt, your training is the best of the best and you train in competitive environments and and everything about it is competitive so you get into those and you fall back on you fall back on the work that you've put in and that's just kind of what you default to and uh especially pitching it's it really is the same game and a lot of times you don't hear it's just noise it's Mm -hmm. just like it's it's not like you're hearing specific chirps really it's just kind of like white noise and and uh you're focused on what you need to focus on, and that's what, what sign is the catcher putting down? Am I on the same page? What do I want to throw here? Where do I want to throw it? What kind of hitter is this? And and you're so locked in on that, you really don't notice it. And then a lot of times, especially when things are going good, you look up and it's it's the seventh inning, and you're up you're up three nothing, and they're a little bit quieter than they were in the first, and that's yeah. kind of the way it is. And I guess you talk you just mentioned a little bit. Do you have I guess to talk about the mental side a little bit? Do you have any like mental cues? Like I know. Ken, when he was with us, um, he came and talked to us, and I took a lot from that. But he was like, before you get into the box, take a deep breath. And then for me, it was like I would look at my name on the bat. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't care where I was. Like, I knew I'd step out, take that deep breath, look at my name on the bat, and then get back in the box because I knew I was locked in. So what is your mental cues and processes for people to understand? I've heard some pitchers say that when they step off the back of the mound, they look at the top of the flagpole because that's something that's in every stadium. Exactly. Um, mine mine kind of changes. I'll get it. I'll get there and first time out, especially certain games. Like if I've been struggling recently, I'll tell myself like today I'm going to have fun. Like, you know, you see the kids in the stands. That was you. Like, it's just a game. Like you remind yourself about that stuff. And the one clear one in, in college at Vanderbilt was I had a stretch of three bad outings and the team was kind of you know in in like a a weird place because we weren't we weren't sweeping every weekend like we were earlier in the year Mm -hmm. and uh and Brownie said we had an Alabama weekend and Brownie said like you know just see it in catch play he said you were hanging a little bit like it was nothing crazy but he was like I know you're not I know you'd love to pitch this weekend but we're gonna skip you because we we need you at the end of the year so I skipped a start I skipped a start after three bad ones so now that's four weeks in a row that I hadn't had a good outing Mm -hmm. um it had been five weeks since my last good outing where I was really feeling myself and and we were going into Ole Miss and I knew it was going to be crazy and uh obviously the draft talks surrounding, but that's kind of just background noise too. And I went into that Ole Miss outing and, and, uh, I said, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to like make a point of it in between pitches. I'm going to look at the crowd. I'm going to enjoy it. Remind myself, this is why you came to Vanderbilt for SEC environment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every game's televised. If you were in, if 
you were in low A right now, like yeah. nobody would really know what's going on. Not um, a clue. Not a clue. But uh, so yeah, I went out that game and and I re- I remember it. I like in between pitches, if I threw two bad ones, I'd step off. I'd look around. I'd look in right field where all the you know the frat kids sit, and mm-hmm. I'd be like, "This is cool. Everybody's watching me right now." Mm-hmm. Pitch like that's dope. Like, yeah. So I think reminding yourself that it's just it's fun. That's like a relaxing thing, and and uh, I mean, there's a lot of research behind that. I think like when your body's relaxed, it actually moves quicker, and and we're not like a super bulky moving sport. You got to be you got to be quick twitch. So mm-hmm. I think staying relaxed is most important. You talk about having fun. What are some things that you like to do outside of baseball? Because you spoke on how academics are very important to you. But, like, what are things that keeps you engaged to, yes, pursue your passion to ultimately get to the big league, but things that help you ease your mind off the game as well? Yeah, I mean, I think every – Every off season at this point, I'll I like to spend time at the beach. I love the beach, just like, like a nice relaxing couple days, whatever it is. I think that's great. I think other other competitive environments kind of actually do help with like just the competitive mindset. I think people who struggle with, you know, like why can't I get the adrenaline going? Why yeah. can't I compete right now? I think you can kind of work on that. So just playing golf with with your boys, it's really fun, but you want to win stuff like that. I think I think is awesome and. I do like to play golf. Um, I'm not as good as I want to be, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can, hopefully I can get there. But I think just out there. <laughs> I think just spending time with teammates is is the number one thing. No, that's real, man. We did this thing um, junior year and senior year, where especially when the media started to get involved with us, and we go to the summer room and it's green screen and. They would have us dance or like sing or do some crazy stuff for the fans, get them hype or mm-hmm. ask us questions, you know, silly stuff. Did they do the same thing with y'all? You got any? Like we, me, him, and Julian. I, I don't it was know, us. Enrique's yeah, putting yeah. on the spot. Like right? um, temptation, temptation. Yeah. Like we would dance to the temptations and that. They didn't show it one time until like the end of the year. I think they showed it one time yeah, at the end of the year. It's a good thing they didn't show yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you couldn't dance, so that's why they didn't put you on there. Nah, they didn't want me to kill it. They didn't want me to kill it. Ain't no none of the words. Wait, so this would be just team led. Like no, the, the like, green room it's, stuff. It's all the green room stuff before the green, year like, we in for like uniform. the video yeah, board yeah, and stuff. And so Enrique board. said that he was in there with you one time. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and speak on that a little bit. There's there's a story behind that. I mean, I don't know exactly the story you're referring to, but but I was never big. I was never big on any of that stuff. Mm. I think maybe the story you're t- you're trying to tell is uh, is is before the season they they were doing like the hype them up, like oh, yeah, like start yeah. clapping and be okay. like everybody yeah. get on your feet. And then yeah. she asked me if if I'd be okay if they showed it while I was on the mound. Like if when I had two strikes, if they showed me on the oh, scoreboard. That's, that's weed. That's nice. <laughs> like, like, like clapping and telling everybody to get on their yeah. feet and I'm pitching. Like I, I, nah. I, I said no. That was a hard okay. no for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a nah. That's, <laughs> what? No. no. That's, that's lame. Was that yeah, the story? Yeah, or was it he said that, that you were you just weren't a fan of it. You're like, no, yeah, I wouldn't be a put, fan of that either, though. my face on there when I'm pitching. No, and Enrique, oh. Enrique loves that stuff, and I think that's awesome, but, like, I don't know. I, I can't get it going for a green screen. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not authentic it's enough. Tough, yeah. It's not hard to envision You really got to create doing that, that yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. I didn't know they was trying to put that on. When you got two strikes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Enrique, didn't, trash, Enrique didn't say the, the full yeah, story. He tried to make it sound like you weren't really messing nah. with it. <laughs> I okay. mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't have liked that. I feel you. Is there? A, give me somebody that you. It can be not on your team. So a pitcher that you've seen in your two years. You know that you've seen in your two years that you looked at and like, damn, like. He's like he, he's legit. Like he's a dude, you know. Like at Vandy or at, on why, the other why you why you on at, at Vandy? You know those two years you at Vandy, not on Vandy's team, but other people's squads. Like you saw them pitch and you was like, okay, like I'm tuned in. You know. Mm-hmm. You I mean me. the the easy answer is, is Kevin Copps, and he he won the mm. golden he won the golden spikes as a as a relief pitcher with Arkansas yeah. in 2021 and. And he, I mean, he deserved that one because yeah. he was a relief pitcher who threw 100 innings, which is unheard of. And basically they used him, 
A questionable amount, I think. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. would throw him, especially at the end of the year, I think he had a weekend where he went three innings on Friday, one inning on Sunday, and nine innings on Monday. God damn. Or something like that. It was... It was ridiculous, and and he was putting up zeros always. And in the uh, that Cuz was on something. <laughs> that, that SEC tournament where we, they eliminated us on the Friday. Um, he he threw that night, didn't he? But they yeah. put him in the game. I said, God damn. Hey, I'm not going. <laughs> hey, hey, I bleed black and gold, but I saw him come out bullpen. I said, oh, oh. I had a little hope though. I'm like, I said, nah. man, not that year. I'm hey. sorry, I ain't gonna lie to you. Look, nah, look, look. Nah, I'm nah. like, cause maybe maybe he gonna have an off night. You know, maybe See, I was thinking the same. You feel thing. me? That that cutter that he throws, mm-hmm. cutter split or whatever he's it gonna is. Leave it over the like plate. He gonna leave time. it up. Yep. He leave it up. Nah, he ain't do that. <laughs> the crazy thing was though that week, the Arkansas coach said he's he's pitching one inning this whole week max. Lies. That was, that was strategy. Cap. We're gonna win. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give him like the week to rest. I think he was like he had been overused recently. So we're like, all right, we got one inning of cops. That's going to happen. But until the, until the eighth, we got a shot. Yeah, we got a shot. So we're up like, or we're down like 3-1 maybe. It's a close game. And he comes in in like the fifth inning. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, he's not pitching one inning. (laughs) And he finished that game out. So Mm. that's how our our run ended in the SEC tournament with Kevin Cops. Was there a hitter that you saw? You might not have faced or you saw that year that you were just like, oh, okay. He's going yeah. crazy. Yeah, so at the end of the year, I, I made the statement, and this was two years ago now. I was like, I think I know who the top three picks are going to be in the 2023 draft already, mm-hmm. just off of who I faced no, this no, year. And it was say. it was Dylan Cruz from LSU. Mm-hmm. It was Jacob Gonzalez from Ole Miss. And it was Enrique. And those were the Dang. three guys that I was like, those three guys are, are a step above, and they're freshmen. They were mm-hmm. all freshmen, so I was like, in two years, those guys are going to be high picks, and it's – it's looking like it. Damn. Yeah. You know, that man you, calling shots. You're not calling wrong. Shots. I mean, that's that's although, what it is now. Although, hopefully, Enrique goes four this year. The Rangers. Oh, <laughs> look at you. Oh, <laughs> he over here trying to yeah, advertise. Oh, hey, he advertise. Go ahead. Hey, go ahead, Rangers. Stay in the camera. <laughs> how, how was that um, when Kumar got drafted to the Rangers? Like, how? That was, was unexpected, that? too. Yeah. That was, or maybe that was you awesome. knew, and we didn't know. He, he probably knew. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know. That was awesome. That was, that was crazy. I mean, people based on like the mock drafts and those aren't usually accurate but they're usually pretty close um i mean it was just it was awesome and we were actually i was on a flight home from somewhere with my dad and like right as we landed i knew the draft was going on so i wanted to check in and right as we landed we put it on and it was like the rangers were picking so we timed it perfectly Mm -hmm. and they picked kumar and i was like whoa that's awesome and i was so excited i i still haven't seen him in person since the draft so i'm really excited for when that does happen and i think it's going to be i think it's going to be sometime in january he's going to he's going to come out here Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. We'll, we'll we'll get him on the pod for sure. Yeah, uh, he ducked us, but we'll sure, be on that. I guess uh, <laughs> we don't get him. like Enrique talked about it a little bit, like just rocker before a Friday night, like him, because him freshman year, he wasn't like he he was very to himself. He wasn't he would have his earbuds in, headphones in, he would do his little pitching motion in the middle of the locker room, go through it routinely, but it was very. Silent, you know, he wasn't outwardly. When Enrique was telling us that it was the complete opposite, you know, mm-hmm. like him, like the music going, you know, like just talk about just he was free. It was it's an event, mm-hmm. low key. Like he was making, it's real. Kumar's it's day. Event, it's you know, my day. It That's what it sounded like. It is, yeah. And he he was he was he was he was talking. He was making jokes with guys. Dang. And uh, I re- I remember like mm. I remember thinking that like this is a big game we got today. And he was yeah. he was loose. He was loose. <laughs> and then it w- the time would come and he would flip the switch and mm-hmm. you know throw the headphones in whatever it was. And then it, from that point it's no talking to yeah. him. But uh, but yeah he was he was he was free and that was that was something that I kind of looked at because I'm always a guy that it, like. From the de- the time I wake up, it's like game I on. can barely eat. It's like there's there's game day anxiety. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I just want game time to come because mm-hmm. that's all I can think about all day. And to an extent, that's actually like not necessarily what I want to do. I want to be able to relax a little bit and then and then flip that switch. So that was something that that's something that I still kind of mess mm-hmm. around with is when what time of day on start day to like yeah. flip that switch. Mm-hmm. Before you wrap it up, you feel any type of pressure? In terms of you being picked two in the draft, 
the money slide, your dad, like, do you feel being at Vandy? Because, no more, just being at Vandy by itself and you go other places, people got hella questions for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to know about core. They want to know about the program. Like it's, like, it's so up here in everybody else's eyes, so it's and pressure so on that. curious about but it. But you got that mm-hmm. on top of your dad, on top of being picked second, you know, like, how do you manage that? Or do you feel anything at all? Or are you like, F it? Like, no. Nah. Um, I mean, I think to an extent, you got to just be like, yeah, yeah, if it, you know, relax, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, like why you play the game in the first place. Also, I like to look back and on every problem I deal with, I look back and I'm like, you know, if 14 year old Jack was, yeah, I told I was talking to him and I told him this is the shoes we're in and these are the problems we're dealing with. He would have been yeah. like, I'll take those. Yeah, problems. Hell yeah. I'll take yeah. those problems. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something important to remember, just the reason why you do it and the progress that you've made. But in the moment, it's 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 real. And, you know, when the results aren't going your way, which mm-hmm. this year the, in particular, a lot of them weren't. It's it's something that you got to you got to work your way through. And and I'm um, looking forward to continuing to do that because. Um, I think that's an exciting thing is, is, mm-hmm. you know, little things, what, what do I want to change in my, in my mindset, my mental process and my physical process and, and, uh, how can you, you know, keep getting better? Yeah. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, shoot. And that does it, man. Yes, that, was fun. Yeah. that was a lot of fun. Was appreciate you coming right through, there. dog. Yes. Yeah. Give us that some game, awesome. you know, to the, to the, everybody get insight on Jack Lighter and this conversation. We appreciate you from coming by the crib. And, hey, uh, follow him. Follow us. Stay yeah. tuned. He's got big things coming. Yeah. We got big things coming. Yes, Subscribe two, to the, the 2%, channel. Two percent, man. Let us know who you guys want on the, on the pod. You know, uh, any sport. DM. You know, college professional. Um, let us know. And yeah, we out. Till next time. Peace. Yes.